Okay, so let's talk about something a little different today. Corruption in the airline industry. Now, these guys are real bastards. So the question starts, well, the episode will start off with the question that is, is the airline industry corrupt? Yes and no. <laughs> Depends how you look at it. So we have to look at the the industry from a few different perspectives. We can't just judge the airline industry as a whole because to say that the entire aviation industry itself is corrupt would be incorrect and it wouldn't be fair to the actual honest people working within it. So let's break it down in a more constructed sense. So the aviation industry from a regulation and regulatory perspective is extremely well organized. You cannot say that, you know, that that part of it is corrupt. And I'll tell you why. Like, it's almost impossible for you to say that. I mean, what part of it would you corrupt or even want to corrupt? I mean, when you look at it, who doesn't want to fly safely anyways? You know what I mean? No matter how bad of a person you are, unless, you know, you want to kill yourself and everyone on the plane. Aside from that, who wouldn't want to fly safely? So if you're looking at the, the industry the aviation industry from the perspective of regulations and maintaining certain standards and whatnot, they're always up to par. The process and the procedure of everything is very well spelled out. Plus, the inner workings of the airlines are constantly being audited to, you know, make sure that compliance is at its best. And there's so many things going on behind the scenes. I mean, it also helps create an impression that the, even, uh, the, the airline industry is, you know, free of corruption so that nobody will think twice. But I'll, I'll get to that a little later. Now, like most others who look into all of this, you'll find that all pilots and engineers are extremely qualified. And the parts come, like, you know, the parts to assemble the plane and whatnot come only from approved manufacturers and vendors. And, you know, everything can be traced back to its original time and place of manufacturing. So... There's no fucking around in that sense. I mean, the paperwork is great. You know, the rules are followed. Nobody really lies per se. And, you know, if there's any mistakes from an operational standpoint, it's corrected and it's owned up to like instantly. Right? These guys don't fuck around with this kind of, with this side of things. So if we look at it by, you know, taking a step back and getting a bird's eye view, the regulatory oversight of all of this is pretty strong. It, arguably one of the strongest of all in all industries, because I mean, you're dealing with living people up in the air, right? So in this line of work, I mean, there's no room for mistakes. But with this being said, we're going to look at something else now, because corruption comes in many different shapes and sizes. So let's take a look at the people at the top, right? As you would imagine, mainly the ones that are not the pilots, they're not the engineers, the regulation officials and all that, you know, the, the money hungry owners who are more often than not just fucking greedy bastards, just like in most other industries. So aviation regulators, they enjoy stupendous amounts of power. Like these bureaucrats can like easily hide behind the bullshit in the fog that, you know, they label and create and, you know, say these things in the name of air safety, quote unquote. I mean, they, they constantly tend to like fucking enjoy these ad hoc rulings that, that benefit certain players within the industry. And if that isn't enough, just just watch. The, the corruption lives and thrives in places of decision-making, especially in the airline industry. I mean, other industries too, but, you know, the corruption lives and breathes in the decision-making side of things. Now, I personally 
from all my research, I couldn't figure out why it's never looked into or why it's not spoken about more often, but there are constantly conflicts of interest that are so clear and so apparent that I'm just surprised that nobody else does anything about it. I guess maybe it's because, you know, other than the guys at the top, who's going to tell them otherwise? Like, who's going to step in and set them straight, right? I mean, let's look at, for example, India. The exact same ministry runs DGCA in Air India. Now, there have been reports of heavy collusion between the executives of DGCA and Air India, which, um, which both belong to the same government service. And both of them are politically intertwined. By the way, DGCA stands for Directorate General of Civ uh, Civil Aviation. So just think about how fancy that sounds when you're listening to all the corruption going on there. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's kind of, they have an interesting way of diverting the attention a little bit. And so the politicians have milked Air India which is an airline, for their private gains. And they've explicitly undermined the DGCA to, you know, make rules that benefit specific players within the airline industry. It's fucking, it's ridiculous. Like, literally overnight, as another example, Air India was forced to withdraw from routes with good loads, and those routes were literally handed over to private companies, uh, companies overnight. I mean, you want to talk corruption? I mean, how much more does it get than that? You know, in a sense, it's kind of like no-bid contracts in a certain way. I mean, that's not the official label, but, you know, you get the idea. Like, Air India is sucking so much dick that they're forced to please the political constituencies that literally undermine the viability of, this, of the whole business. I mean, and now the DGCA also takes several months to issue licenses for flying. So, and, and that's a little bit fucked up. So either they have such a rigorous vetting process, which I doubt, or something's going on, you know, for them to take fucking forever to issue one license. I mean, I wonder what's happening, right? Like, you know, I, what, most of the world and other agencies around the world, when they issue out a license, it's for life. But no, not the DGCA. When they issue them, it's for five to ten years maximum. Now, why would they do that? Simple, because it leaves opportunity for change and for corrupt practices. I mean, why the fuck else would you issue licenses for a short period of time, no? So at the end of the day, if you want to ensure corruption, what you must do is create complicated rules and regulations that are so open to interpretation that it intentionally invites in more room for corruption, just saying, hey, come on in. That's if you want to ensure corruption. I mean, I'm just putting myself in the perspective of the guys at the top, right? Now, I know I've been talking about India, and some of you might think, well, I don't live there, and I probably never will. So, you know, is India the only corrupt country with these kind of absurd practices? Well, <laughs> I'm glad you asked. Let's take a look at the UK, for example. So once corporations are, you know, done buying up all the land and natural resources in a certain area... The new thing that's happening here is just nabbing up airspace and then charging every fucking aircraft that flies through the fucking thing. So one of the largest flying clubs at Lasham, UK, faces the threat of losing its airspace and its freedom of its pilots to a private entity that now controls Farnborough. And so corruption is very hard to detect when it... I mean, this is pure corruption, but it's hard to detect and realize when it's proceeding in a very gradual, kind of like slow and insidious way so to speak. By the way, Farnborough is a town in uh, northeast Hampshire, in case I didn't make that clear, um, in, uh, in England. 
I mean, like, I, I can go on and on. I can talk about, you know, settlements made in the United States federal court about how companies, you know, settled cases of corruption and whatnot. I, I can even talk about how contracts are constantly being rewarded based mostly on, you know, the relationships of the owners. It's on a friend, you know, just on the fact that they're these guys' friends. They're friends with one another. I mean, it just keeps going on and on and on. It's fucking exhausting. I mean, when we take a step back, we'll see that airline corruption or aviation corruption is hiding in plain sight. It's really easy to make out when you look into it. But what I would imagine is that ultimately these companies, when they, you know, when they're even close to being in trouble, they'll pay out huge settlement fines. And most of the time there's no legal punishment for the individuals at the top, right? And the, at most, I think I found through my research that some of these executives who have been, you know, quote-unquote, reprimanded or punished have received, at most, house arrest. I mean, fuck, poor them, right? These guys are multi-mega millionaires, and they're on house arrest, like, fuck. As if their, you know, 50,000 square foot home isn't enough for them to walk through all day. And I mean, fuck, don't, don't get me started on the price fixing. This is what bothers me a little bit. I mean... These airlines price fix the living shit out of their tickets. Now, I can understand that, you know, a price of a ticket, depending on the location and whatnot, can fluctuate based on certain costs, you know, increasing or decreasing and whatnot. But I mean, they move up and down so much that it's clear that these companies are just trying to accommodate market conditions, which is essentially price fixing. Like, seriously, like, I mean, I'm sure people notice this, but nobody bothers to do anything about it or to speak up about it, which is fine, I guess. Unless you enjoy paying hundreds of dollars more for absolutely no fucking reason. I mean, I'm not saying that tickets should be dirt cheap. Because, look, I understand the airline companies are a business. I get that. But for Christ's sake, stop raping us with these prices. All you Like, okay, look, all you have to do is just type in airline price fixing on Google and you watch what comes up. I'm telling you, these airline executives are fucking bastards. I would put them right up there with the insurance uh, pharmaceutical and oil industries. The, this, there's something really serious going on. And for some reason, people have become content with it. Now, this is why I always feel like I need to you know, re reiterate myself or repeat myself every few episodes when I say that when enough people take a stand against something that they disagree with, that's when real change happens. But if there's no public outcry, nothing's going to change. And so that's why you know, that's the only way that there will be some kind of airline reform when it comes to the pricing and whatnot. I I'm telling you. I mean, it's 2020. It's not like, it, come on, guys. It's not that hard to prove corruption in, in, in today's day and age. Like, are you serious? You know what I mean? But the only way things will change are, is if people take a stand. But anyways, without me going on and on about it, because I don't really feel I need to get in depth with price fixing and whatnot, because I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. And if I just start giving examples, I'm just going to get even more pissed. So, I mean, there, there you have it. I, this is a global thing. It's not exclusive to any one country, even though I only gave a couple examples of, you know, India and the UK. But what I want to say is for those of you who are actually doing real work, and, you know, your pilots and your engineers and you have le legitimate morals and ethics that are good hearted. I sincerely thank you very much. As for the executives at the top and, you know, those pricks that are raping us with the prices, I say go fuck yourselves. That that's all I have to say to them. Because they're right up there with the oil guys and the, the, the pharmaceutical guys and the insurance guys. I'm telling you, they're just another branch of corruption.